right here, so. Oh, we talked to him. Cole talked it. Okay. Try to get up. Yeah. Okay, Darren. Oh, shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync. Welcome to the Bogey Boys podcast. You're joined by Mark and Kevin, and introducing from Durham, Newcastle, the 2021 Euro Pro star, Mr. Wayne Feeney. Yes, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Wayne? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Good, good to see you, see you both. Good to um, have you on, mate. What's it been? 12 years? It's got to be 10, 12 years, hasn't it? Probably longer yeah, yeah. for me, yeah. Yeah, but it actually probably. really just feels like yesterday. Yeah, the same with Scotty last week. It just felt like I was just speaking yeah, to my room. That was mad seeing Scotty because he he hasn't he hasn't aged a day. Yeah, no, he hasn't. I was just saying then neither neither of you. <laughs> <laughs> I take that. 30, yeah. thirty-three. I feel every day of it. You're another one of our Maya friends, aren't you, Wayne? Yeah, we go way way back. The three of yeah. us. Then were the days good times. My score. We need to have a, a reunion, really, don't we? A proper like, just all get together and play golf. Definitely, it'd be good. It'd be good. Yeah, definitely. Boogie boys golf, dear. All over that. Yes, yeah. that is coming next. That Absolutely. is coming in twenty twenty one. Speaking of twenty twenty one, you've got your Euro Pro Tour card for next year, haven't you, Wayne? Yeah, yeah. Um, bit of, bit of a surprise. I sort of I went to go through qualifying. I was I had a fallout with golf a few years ago. After turning pro, I had a slow start, and the, you know it's not easy trying to get through professional golf from from them ranks of Euro Pro and the financial costs. But knowing if I got through qualifying this year, qualifying's in October uh, for your first tournament, end of April, start of May. So I knew if I could get through qualifying, I had plenty of time to really dial myself in and get sort of tournament ready. It's all really good, well and good being able to scrape together a few rounds around par, couple under, but you, you see with these guys, that you know, some of them can go really low week in, week out. So you need to, you, you need to be in a good frame of mind to, to play tournament golf and hit some, some big numbers under par to compete. Otherwise you, you won't be, you won't, you won't get anywhere, you know, just speaking on the, I was going to go back and do your whole journey, but just speaking on the Euro Pro now. Yes. Do you reckon the October qualifying helped you a little bit? Whereas, like, obviously, people aren't going to be going as low as if the weather's perfect. Absolutely. That and yeah. that, that was the main thing because it's it's sort of got us in the frame of mind where if you think about it, for people that were going to go to qualify in in April, as it normally would be, they would have to pretty much prepare themselves through the winter. To, to be tournament ready, knowing if they qualify within weeks after they're in the tournaments. Um, and that's a lot of time, a lot of cost to potentially not even qualify. Yeah. Um, and, and that, to me, would add a lot of pressure for these guys where, you know, your, your, your calendar year will really change whether you qualify or not for what you're doing week in, week out, you know, whether you get a full card, half card, um, or for some guys that don't qualify, but they've give five, six month hard preparation to do that. But I think it sort of took the pressure off, which if I didn't qualify, I was still just going to go about doing what I'm doing, me working day. And then, but if You're I qualified anyway, weren't you? Yeah. So, and it's a, that's a, so that took a lot of the pressures off. Um, knowing that my, my full preparation for, tournament player was only going to start if I qualified whereas people would have to put that frame of mind on well before the actual qualifying in a normal year yeah and I think that, that definitely that 100% helped me get through um you know because even now I'd, I'd said I'd put two good rounds um at the players club to to qualify but I knew I wasn't ready to go in the tournaments in three weeks time you know yeah um so I was pleased to get through but then I had that time up for five months or so now still to... You know to, what you're uh, preparing, to, preparing for, don't you? Yeah, and, that's, and I know what I'm preparing for. I know when my first tournament's going to be. Uh, I was meant to start with my new coach, Steve Bainbridge, this week, but obviously that's unfortunately been put on hold uh, for four weeks minimum for now. So we're, there's other things we'll be working on in the meantime to, to make sure I'm be ready for that. For that no, it's, it's it's exciting to see you, Jane. You mate, I can't mm-hmm. wait to... 
Can't wait to see how it goes and good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, move, moving back then, so obviously this is the professional route part five that we're doing now. Wayne's a professional golfer. We Obviously, the idea of these episodes is to get some insight into your journey. We know where you're at now mm-hmm. and where your future's heading, but it's just it's good for us to understand how you got to that point. So taking you back to the beginning, obviously, what was the reasons you got into the game of golf? Yeah, yeah um, my, my, me getting into golf was probably different to, to a lot of the lads, certainly that we'll know through my school, and I don't know what it's for yourselves, but there was no golfers in my family before me. Um, we moved house to the, the Hobson Golf Club, just a municipal course uh, at County Durham, and there was t- the backside of the golf club was basically on the back of our houses. So it was the typical when I was I think 11 or 12, You'd, you'd have a rusty seven iron and a couple of balls and you'd jump the fence, you know, at the night. We're, it, we're, hearing, this, we're hearing this a lot, aren't we? People just jump on fences and play and I've done the exact same thing. <laughs> it's the best, that's yeah. when golf was the best and the most fun, wasn't it? When you just yeah. bump around, a few holes and then leg Yeah. Exactly. And then every now and then you'd get a chase. It was exciting. It made you... Yeah, none of this 18 hole shit that you're doing now. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's no good. Yeah, and it backed onto two, par, two back-to-back par threes. That you could just go in a little circle, and that, that's that's where it all started for me and one of my mates. And sort of after that, it was it come up to the Christmas. And I was like, yeah, yeah I, I want to set a golf clubs. And I think at the time, I'm sure it was forty quid a year membership at the club. Um, and I had a set of Memphis Pros. That would yeah, yeah, remember them. Woeful. Yeah. Um, but that was my first ever set of clubs, and. Yeah, so I, so I joined that golf club as a junior. And I think I always remember when you f- fill your first three cards in, and as a typical junior, you never fill in an honest card. And I think on my first handicap they were going to give us was about 14, and it immediately got revised. So, yeah, when, <laughs> <laughs> when you go and shoot 106 in your first tournament. Um, Kev's, yeah, still, so Kev's, Kev's still not filling them correct cards, I Kev. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where it all started. And I think my first handicap, if I remember, was around 28 or so. Yeah. And I'd only been playing golf three or four years, probably, like with a club membership at the point when we went to Maya School. So it was all still fairly quick. What, um, was, you, what was you playing off when you went to Maya School? I can't remember. I think I, yeah, I was about seven or eight. Was yeah. I thought you were lower me. I thought you were off two for some reason. No, no, I definitely wasn't. Um, I was working at Slaley Hall, so I didn't get a scratch or so till I was near a twenty. Um, because of because of my school and being down that way, I didn't play a lot of tournament golf. Um, and it's very much like what Scotty was saying. You would play a lot of golf, a lot of practice, but not not a lot of it was was around club golf. So getting me handicapped down wasn't you know wasn't really a focus. So I never play. I never really played a lot of county golf. Were you throwing um, any of your scorecards in off the collegiate tour? No. <laughs> they did, they did, did some of them I'm sure some kids put them in as well they couldn't have qualified they should have been non-qualifiers all day long why? Well, the, the court didn't have an official standard scratch or anything I'll be fair the, um, only, re- the only reason I never threw mine was because I was getting point one every time but that's another story that. <laughs> <laughs> you threw in your good cards of course yeah no no I, di- I didn't put in any of the collegiate ones I don't know I don't know if some of the guys did but no yeah. Never, so speak, never speaking about Maya School, then obviously talk us through yeah. your experience there. How you how you how, how you went through Maya School, what you yeah. thought of it, how it helped you oh. golf, how it didn't help you golf, and, and what Maya School. Maya School absolutely was uh, in, in terms of golf and education was the best time in my life so far, and I'm sure you you'll you'll agree. Some of the memories yeah. were you could you could we could sit all day and go along memory after memory. <laughs> hey, do you remember? When, do you remember when? I, this is why I thought you were off two, right? I remember being on the range and then you were on the mat and then you took a step backwards to it off the grass and then you shanked it into Lee Goodall's ass. <laughs> 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 oh, I remember that well. That. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that was. Oh my god, that was so funny. Yeah, he had a proper bruise as well. A big man, yeah. like this mic thing. So why would that make you think I was off too? If anything, that would that would go the other. No, because I remember thinking that you were because I remember you were a good player and you were saying I want to hit off grass and everyone else was just getting on. Oh with yeah, the with them rain mats, it was it. What was it? It was it must have been a quarter inch range mat on the concrete. It'd give you carpal tunnel syndrome. Probably <laughs> setting off uh, off them mats, your wrists were killing. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I remember that well. But no, I definitely wasn't. I was nowhere near that when uh, no. when I went to my school. But yeah, but and that was the what, there was nothing career wise or, or education wise that I wanted to do, and that's what led us to my school. I remember the careers advisor. He was like, "What are you interested in?" I was like, 
no subject come to mind. And he was like, well, what are your interests? I was like, golf. So he come back to us with this college at Preston that does golf. It's golf studies, you know, a lot of physical education sort of modules and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, so that's how I ended up going there. And But my score, start to finish, it's a, it's one of them where it's a bit of a, it's a bit bittersweet now because none of us could probably say, well, very few of us, you know, you've got your Chris Hansons, which, you know, where they they used it to the to the to the absolute most, and they've come out that that end of it, and the, some of them on the on the main tour, or or they've had a card where I didn't treat Maya's score with the full respect it deserved. I mean, we we had we could have had three lessons a week with a PGA Pro at no cost. You know, it's yeah. like you know hey, all the facilities. We were too young. You're too young at sixteen. Yeah. What you want? You should be like mandatory, mm. not allowed to go to Maya's. Go to your twenty odd. Yeah, I think, do you know what it is? Part of us is thinking, we're like the, was it Andy Greenwood that uh, where he, he looked about 40 when we were there and that? And it was like, <laughs> he was 50, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, but he had it right. We laughed then. He was, he had it right. Do it yeah. later when you're actually going to treat it with some respect. Yeah, yeah but he, um, he was past it, wasn't he? Like 25, you, you, you're on it then. Yeah. <laughs> now you want to go to golf college and like have a good go. Yeah, and that that's an opportunity. Obviously, we'll never got it again. There's so much good come out of it. Um, you know, stuff that I'm still working with today. But you still think from from on every everything you would ever need with golf, we had at hand, and we didn't treat it with respect earlier. That I mean, certainly in the college, it got a bit more serious going on to Central Lancashire, even though we're still based at Myers School. But then, even then, I can't I can't really say I give it everything. I should have. And I don't think many people can. No. I moved for the accommodation. I moved in. Well, first year I stayed on campus. Second and third year were in Preston Town Centre. And yeah, so again... That, that helped, just, helped you golf, didn't it? No. <laughs> like kicking, the, kicking the arse from the student union. No, it, it didn't help us at all. And, and like, so, you know, you're missing, you're missing, you're missing uh, lectures you know your your assignments are getting in late, half hearted, and you know it wasn't. So that that it, it's a bit of a regret in many ways. Mate, I said of, in one of the first episodes, didn't I, Loco? Where I said mm-hmm. my scout is literally a runway to be a professional golfer. Hundred percent. You fucking blinkers. It's it's a better platform to be a PGA pro or or like a or or a tour pro than and certainly than the, what the PGA offer through the PGA degree and working at a golf club. You know, and you had all the advice. Rick Daniels will all agree he was amazing in the time we were there. Definitely. His knowledge and and everything that he handed to us to our disposal for for learning, for experience. You know, getting to do scoring for the main tour. We've still got yeah. pictures of me, Lee Goodall, and Kev asleep behind one of the scoreboards offside one of the greens. <laughs> it went with. <laughs> it went with. Yeah, that must be a a, a a normal thing for these two because we went back a couple of years later, didn't we? And uh, the yeah. exact same thing happened side the 17. Kevin Lee <laughs> asleep for the whole day, and I'm sweating my bollocks off trying to get all the scoring done on my own. <laughs> he still took the wages at the end of it as well. Yeah. That was the women's British Open, there was, wasn't it? Remember that? The Weetabix is that um, Birkdale? Was that Birkdale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birkdale, yeah. Brilliant. No, so yeah, and that's the thing, it, it's, it's left some amazing, priceless memories, but in terms of Education and qualif- qualifications, and you know, we c- it could we could probably could have getting more out of it that we didn't. Um, so yeah. no regret with it. There's no probably it. about it. We definitely but, got more out of it than what we definitely did. could have got more out of it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, even you know, even when you when you go back, even things like teaching you how to practice properly, uh, giving you the the putting routines that you need, the yeah. the three footers, the whole three fifty three footers before you leave, and you know all this type of stuff that you wouldn't really do on your own, would you? But when you're in that you're classroom just, environment, yeah. you're challenging. Like module, one of the modules was professional practice. It's like it's in the title. Yeah, like, you know. So you're given all you're given all the the opportunities. Yeah, it's like you just said there, Wayne. You've got access to coach three times a week, probably five times if you wanted. You got if you wanted it. Putting green, putting green, outdoor putting green, nine all golf course, a range. Uh, like a chipping green, which was yeah. in the place by the canal, which we talked about on Scotty's episode. That, that, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> the, the caravan park to the left. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like you've got it all there, but then, then they're going to stick a load of girls in a pub on site and fucking fuck your chances up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was it the stumble in? The yeah. Stumble, the stumble, the stumble out. out. Yeah. The stumble out, guy. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so, 
Saturday, we had it all. It, we you did. know, it was it was phenomenal. So, and that sort of that set us up. It did set us up in sort of a forward career in the golf industry. And for the last two years of degree, uh, so at Central Lancashire, I worked out term time at Slaley Hall, which is uh, they they had a European Tour event that the British Seniors PGA uh, the Seniors PGA Championship. So it's a real good venue. Um, but again, that's where it was. It sort of come to a start of realising that after my degree, it wasn't going to be easy setting a life in, in the golf industry because I think a lot of people don't know the start on these paths without really knowing where they're going to go with it. And I didn't. So, and I get in this job at a great venue, zero hour minimum wage, you know, but I still didn't really know where I was going with it. And it, because of the nature of the venue it is, it's very corporate based. So there's not in terms of actual career golf, there's not there's not really anywhere you can go with it. And that was why I never went down the PGA route because I never really wanted to be a coach. I never wanted to be a teaching pro. And again, the PGA in terms of opportunities is very limited, you know, which which we touched on. And now there's five times the amount of PGA professionals in the UK as what there is golf clubs. Yeah. So when people when the PGA are reeling off graduating year after year new people through this PGA course, There's where no they're going to go, you yeah, know, no and getting a head professional job is dead man's shoes. I think Scott Scott Parry's just getting Bramall Park, is it? He's getting the head pro uh, position there, which is great, and he, he's possibly the first person that I know that's come through all these systems that have actually getting eventually getting into a head professional position. They're very few and far between. And I think that's when, when people are going through this these paths and wanting to be in the golf industry, they need to maybe do a bit more research and where they're actually going to go at the end of it. Because I think the truth be told, there's, n- there's not a lot. Not a lot of opportunities. Well, do you know what? Just a, just a little quick one there. What, I, yeah. what I've said a few times in this professional route, every time we speak about, and we should really try and promote this more, that these professional routes are designed for people to listen to and go back and be like, ah, so these lads have been there and done that and now they're this. And, and we all we talk about is how hard mm-hmm. it is, the struggles, the money, the different yeah. sides of what you're doing. So like what you're saying there is just perfect advice for someone in Maesco, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When they're coming out to be like, it's not all going to be easy and, and, and rainbows and butterflies, as, as I've said before. Yeah. And if you decide to take that route, then there's nothing stopping you from taking that route. You just need to be mm-hmm. aware of what's ahead of you. And what? And if you're willing, to, if you're willing to put that effort in, and you're willing to grind, and you know that it's going to be a tough road ahead, then go for it. And best yeah, of luck. I, and you, you'd never discourage anyone if they put the hard work and the time and persistence, and of course you can achieve that these positions. You, you know, you can get the the assistant role and stay there, work hard for for several years into into a head position. Yeah, you know. But I think even now, when you look at the head pros, I, I think retainers aren't what they used to be. The, yeah. the demand for coaching over the years. I remember when I was first getting golf lessons, Jack Ord was my local pro, and it was around 25, 30 quid for a lesson. And that was just a municipal course. You know, nowadays with the demand, an assistant coach, an assistant professional, now you're getting a lesson for like 15 pounds, you know? So as a coach, then you put that into your, actually your income. Well, it's not, I mean, like, was, it's not like the price of living's going down as well either, because the price yeah, of living's it's going not, up. And that's the thing, so... It's real tough, and it's 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 tough to make a living, you know, and, and especially you know the price of living is not going to go down with yeah. it. So, and I think that's why people need to to do a lot more research before they try to go down the professional route. And partly the reason why I'm still sort of in and around the golf industry is because I've sort of took me mistakes well, as a um, you know, and learned from them. There's been plenty of them. Um, well, talk, you know, talk a, us through that way and then yeah so what was it for you mm-hmm. obviously at the at the point that you've graduated you're at Slaley Hall mm-hmm. talk us yep. through that route from there and and, and what happens so yeah so still I, I'd get my handicap right down so I was playing county golf so I'd, I'd won a couple of club championships uh, a couple of county level trophies so my golf was Where's, where are you at there what club are you playing I won Slaley Hall's club championship. Oh, you at Slaley Hall? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, I was playing as as a member there as well as working there. In Wickham, which was another local golf club, I won their club club championship. Yeah, so then the county levels, Hadrian's League uh, trophy and the county clubs championship I'd won. So, I mean, golf felt good um, in terms of still, I still had the eye to want to be a professional, even though I was getting on to 2021. And, you know, you don't appreciate when you're 2021, you've still got a lot of time. 
you know. Yeah. You're a scratch golfer at this point, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was. I was comfortably a scratch golfer, and then and when I moved to Wickham, we had a, had a few good rounds, a real good season that put me handicapped to plus two, and that's when I thought I'm going to maybe look to give it a go. So it wasn't until 2016. So I'd been playing golf right through this time, just at club and county. And and I thought, I, I want to give it a go now. I'd sort of done everything in terms of the me job. I was working at a great venue and whatnot. So um, I'd moved job to George Washington, and that was where I turned pro out of. In terms of the, the, the industry of golf, was just another hurdle that I didn't really know how tough it was going to be till I tried to cross it, and that was turning pro. And and it's a bit of a you know, the status of being a professional golfer. Sort of when I, when I started playing golf and I went to my school, that was sort of my goal, and um, to yeah. you know to have that status and it, you know. But when you get it, you don't. A lot of people don't really know what they're going to do with it and how tough it actually is. So I turned pro, and one mistake that I will say I made. I turned pro signing the disclaimer, signing away my amateur status at the first day of qualifying. So on that first day of qualifying at the Euro Pro, I was then professional. You know, rather than going through qualifying as an amateur and then you can sign it away at a, at a, at a later date, anytime you want. Obviously, you can't return any prize money till you've till you've signed away your amateur status. So that was why I'd done it at first qualifying. And I had a real poor start to trying to qualify despite my club golf I was putting in a level, like around level par or under quite comfortably and as soon as I went to qualifying you know it sort of clicked that it's a different level of golf courses are longer the standards better um it's not like going into a county clubs championship or anything like that these yeah. guys can play golf you know uh, so I had a real poor poor turn at uh, qualifying then so the first year, I only got to play a couple of events, played around the, the Northeast Northwest PGA through invites. Um, and it was tough, so there was not a lot happening. So I had this professional status. Couldn't play club golf, county golf. Couldn't play your, your, your June medal. You know, you, you, you sign it all away. It's um, in, what's, what's so interesting there, what, the way that you use their status. Yes. Because Tom Higson, I'm calling him Scotty. Like, but we have we got other people listening to these that like mm. probably don't know who he is. The lad who we yeah. had on two professional routes ago, Tom Higson. He said as well, he turned pro for a status. The exact yes. same word that you used. Yeah, that's what it was. It, it, it's 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 a, there's a level of arrogance. You saw that's exactly what he said. That's so mad. You know, it's so good. Yeah, I love how all these professional routes are like all going into one sort of channel. Yeah. And it does, and it gets to the point where you've got the status, you realise you can't play a club, county, even your June spoon on a Wednesday night. You can't <laughs> play it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just can't. And and you think, so you, it's not just about signing away to, to try and, you then can't do all the things that would have you playing golf week in, week out. And and it's costly. So what, as soon as I turned pro and lost that status as an my amateur status, you're very limited in what you can play in. And when you do play, it's going to cost you... You know, just a northeast northwest PGA is going to cost you a hundred pounds. So entry and so you know they're not cheap. So you so, can play them north the the PGA event, even though you're not a PGA pro. Only is only through invite. Oh, yeah. is it? So you can't. Yeah, just you could. You them. wouldn't qualify for any of the order of merits or anything like that. I see. Um, but you can't just yeah, but, can you just phone up and book in and play, and say I'm Wayne Feeney professional. I want to join the PGA. Or, it was. Or, it was. It was just. I think it was purely through if the space with, with these I events. This guy, obviously, there's guys there that are wanting to 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 be on these order of merits and stuff. But yeah. if the space is generally the quite the decent enough to, so if the space they'll let you play. Yeah, Betsy will just be in. Well, you're paying for it, so yeah. yeah so, so that's so that's it. And then you, because it's limited in what you can play in, you've got to just do what you can to to keep playing some level of competitive golf. Um, and it sort of come to the point where I had a real fallout with golf, sort of back into 2016. Um, and it was like a, it was like a divorce from this sport that I just loved from being young. So I was no longer working at the golf club. Sort of, so I went two years, two years up until uh, sort of back into last year, beginning of this year. I didn't pick up a golf club for two years, didn't hit a ball. What you put that down to, Wayne? Do you think because uh, it comes across sometimes as in the amateur, you've got different people you can play with at the club, yeah, different types of things, and then when it becomes a professional, it does actually become more of a profession. So everybody yes. takes it that much more seriously. Does it become a bit lonely? I was to say lonely, yeah. 
Yeah, even it, it's all, even in the t- the qualifiers I've been to, you do get a sense, and and it, that maybe is an element that I've still got to 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 sort of focus and focus on and try and handle because I've ne- I've never done that, but it does feel lonely. Even going to qualifying, going down to Bristol, three nights in a hotel, you know, you you're going to warm up on the morning, you're having your practice round, you're eating by yourself, going to bed, waking up, warming up doing your round, going back. It's, it's a very lonely sort of life in that, you know. You the, need the caddy, do you, Wayne? There he goes. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to do I don't know how he's going to do these caddy jobs, you know, Wayne, because... I, I have asked every single person get a caddy for them. He's not uh, soft, is he? You know what he's after? Looking after his own back pocket, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but that's it. There you go. There's another cost. You know, all these things where... So we've done a full... Gavin from AGM Golf Medias, who, who's my management for next year, he's uh, he's done us a full budget. So basically through this five months, we're speaking to people that are supporting us. And purely with the fact of the matter is without that financial support, I wouldn't be able to play next year. Yeah. You just yeah. wouldn't. I mean... It's for hearing that a lot. Yeah, it, I think we're, our full budget to play the full season um, is around seventeen thousand, is what we sort of what budget, and that's fairly. That, Try that's and push an extra five grand in there for me to come and carry the bag to, to get the bag twenty two. Then, <laughs> you know. Well, it's interesting so you should say that because when we when we had Sean we had Sean Tandro, another professional on yeah. earlier on, and he, he he said that he won a Euro tour, Pro Tour event, and mm. he still he still only come out with fifteen thousand for the whole year. So he's, he won two. Yeah. He won two. Mm-hmm. He's talk, yeah. you're, talk, you're talking about that. That's going to cost 17, but even with a win, you're only getting 15 back. So is there much yeah. prof, profit to be made at those tours? No. Or? This, the, and the one thing people need to understand is that the Euro Pro Tour is not there to... If you if people are just going to sit on the Euro Pro Tour because they want to make money, they're in the wrong place. It's yeah. not a tour. That's not what it's there. It's a great platform for people that have a genuine sort of ability or want to try and progress to the challenge tour, to the main tour, you know, it's it's great for that. Um, other other than that, you look at the order merits, like you said, that's a great example. Guys finished the season at around 15 grand. He's probably he's kicking well into the top 20, 15 in the order merit. Yeah. It, 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 with that kind of return, and he's probably lost money at the end of it. If he's played every tournament, he's, there's a good good chance he's actually lost money that season. So it's all well and good. It, then that's why people can manage it if they've got good support, good sponsors that will cover the outgoings, the costs. Then that fifteen thousand pounds is a return which can go towards their living expenses and you know your yeah. your basic living. So what what pressures does that take off you then in your preparation and things? Is that is that the, is that a big deal? Because I know there's some people and what we've heard is that some people will work all winter just to play the first five or six events, and if they don't do well, then they will just think right. Well, I'll have to go and earn some more money to go again because they haven't got that support. Yeah, having that support, what does that do for you? It's it, it's massive. It's the the pressures of it, and I think well, the last time I went to qualify, it was self funded. That was a massive pressure. You know, it's golf. It, 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 she, as soon as you're playing, counting the money you that's going out to coming in, you, you know, you that's the it's the worst foot you can set off on. Yeah. You know, uh, thinking about the door, and so not having that pressure lets you just focus on your golf, being the best golfer you can, and shooting the best score you can. You know, it's a you look at the order merit, and I know it's it's when you look at the European tour and the PGA tours, where a put on eighteen can cost them anywhere from from five to twenty grand, depending on where they're sitting in the table. Obviously, the Euro Pro is a lower scale, but it does make a difference when you finish in fifth or tenth. You know, it's yeah. like, it, it yeah, it's like um, Tom Higson was saying, like he gets pissed off with the commentators because he's like. Um, he got a three-foot putt and to win the tournament, and it's big pressure. He's like, that's not pressure. He's still getting seven hundred and fifty grand to come second. He said, pressure yeah. is making a three-foot putt to you don't know. That's to make you the cut to make the money to get the petrol home or to feed the kids or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Literally, Tom's dead right there. That's like you're playing for your living. It, we're still there playing for we're living. We're not playing for luxury money. Yeah, you know it's uh, and that's one thing. And it's a good level of golf. You look at the. The, the qualifier at Luton Who was won with 20 under. But how many rounds? Oh, sorry. They were not, not Luton Who. The, it was the, the Oxford and the, the, the two courses that they played the final qualifier on. Um, I can't remember what the two courses were. But it was three rounds of golf and he won it with like 20, 21 under or something. Like, yeah. 
you know. So and to be fair, there was some stick them on the European tour and let everyone else have well, a go. Like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. The stand, the the stand, it's not not going to be massively far away from some of the guys that are sat on the European oh, tour. The top guys on the Europro tour will still hold their own against them guys without without a doubt. It's just uh, yeah, but in like Scotty done done great in qualifying. I think he was still eight or nine under. And sort of still just sat comfortably, sort of just outside top ten or so. Yeah. And that's what he had under for three rounds of golf. Yeah, tough school, um, tough. tough. So yeah, so, and that's that's the pressures and the the things people don't account for when they say they want to be a professional golfer. It's um, it's it's great. It's a, you know it, it's doing something I love, but in terms of of living, still at thirty three, it's by no means settling. Your life yeah. your lifestyle is not settled by any means and but on the flip side it's difficult or borderline impossible to have a career elsewhere in another industry to fund play golf because you need that time where you're working to make money you need that time to be practicing and preparing and yeah that's the standard so good it's yes the standard's so good you can't be the there's very few players that will be able to work a full-time job and then go and hold their own on the euro pro tour yeah, but like that, Tom was saying that he wakes up at half five, was going to Glen Eagles, and he's got mm-hmm. his baby as well. And then after work, he was practicing. He wasn't getting home till eleven o'clock at night. Eleven o'clock? Oh, I'm, I'm committed. I'm not that committed. <laughs> 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 no, I, like, I mean, I, I mean, to, to be fair, that probably shows. I mean, even through uni, Tom was Tom was one of the best ball strikers at that uni. Yeah, um, I've not seen him hit a, hit a ball since, but I can imagine he's still probably still hitting as good as what he was then. But you know, but it is. I mean, it's it's a minimum of a full time job yeah. in your preparation, whether you're on the range, in the gym, you know, working on your body, your mind, you know, whatever it be. You know, it, it's absolutely a full time job to try. So you know, the in the in the fact I've got five months to try and prepare to go to the first tournament, which is actually at Luton Who in May. We're trying to raise enough through sponsorship and support to allow us to do that. You know, so talking talking about like getting the mind prepared and doing things like that. Yeah. What type of team have you got around you? Because obviously, the mental side of the game it's it's always talked mm-hmm. about. Is how important it is to keep your mental strength. Yeah, it is. The we're, we're not working with someone as such. Yes, directly on the mind. Steve Bainbridge, who's my coach now, he's Robert Rock's coach uh, on the on the, obviously on the main tour. Yeah, um, and he's sort of working with me. So we, we had a program which was due to start this week, actually. Uh, to see right through the winter, um, which was basically, it's going to be a three-month program of sorting my body, my swing, um, and then getting into sort of, into New Year, that's when we'll look at the sort of mental side of the game. So me pre-shot routines, me preparation, me practice, you know, because a lot of the, a lot of the times there will be these tournaments where I have to go and all the things we're working on, we'll have to go and do ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of the morning, we're not, you know, it's fair enough. These guys on the main tour have got so got three, four guys with them that are sort of preparing them for these areas. But I'm gonna have to go down there and take it all with us to yeah. take to the first tee, and, and and all that preparation's gonna have to be done beforehand. So, so yeah. So the mental side of the game, which and that's one thing I've found of why me golf's probably is actually hopefully gonna start progressing, and not that I hit the ball better than what I did even 10, 10 years ago, I think my head's in a better place, you know. Yeah. Um, certainly on the golf course, your temperament, basic things like your temperament, your routines, you know, you accept you, you're going to hit got bad shots. And it's one thing people, certainly younger, don't understand is golf. It's not about how good your good shots are. It's how sort of how good your bad shots are, how, you know, how consistent you can be with, you know, with it. So, and I think that's improved drastically over the years, which has allowed us to... You've just matured, haven't you? It's all it is, Kev. Literally, it's just matured as a person, um, which which has allowed us to know. Like, the players' club where I went to qualifying, I looked at the course guide. It was quite a long course. Um, I think it was 7-2, the course. Waterlined for the first seven holes. So I sort of had in my head, I'm not the... I wouldn't... I'll probably sit mid-table in terms of distance... Uh, for some of the guys there, but I knew there was inexperience in a lot of inexperience in the field where half of them are going to clear themselves out by the lack of course management, uh, you know, and just having the mental mental sort of ability to get around the course and know sometimes par is a good number, you yeah. know. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just got to 
pick your way around the course. I think the whole time, I never put a ball in water, which truthfully, that was that was one of my goals, to be honest. Keep the ball in play. You know, when, you, when you talk about so well, much water, it's a good goal to have, well, isn't it? Because those penalty shots could be the difference between making it and not making it. Yeah, oh, hey, the only reason the only reason he didn't want to put a ball in the water was to keep his budget down for the 16th. <laughs> <laughs> that was also that Kev, to be fair. Yeah. Poor V's aren't cheap these days. I would say £3.50 on the ball, isn't it? Yeah, that's one thing now not working at a golf club. I've started to realise I've had to pay for balls myself. <laughs> so yeah, so no, so so kept I thought I'd keep me ball in play, you know, if I can put well, keep the ball in play, make Two, three, four birdies around. Then, to be fair, I should I should be okay to keep around. So to keep it at seventy two, sixty eight, I was I was really pleased with. Um, Good going, mate. Good so going, definitely. It's like, it's like we said, we've we've had I've had a few scorecards. I don't know if you've seen them. Me and Mark, like like I yeah. had, like four birdies. Like on Friday, I had four birdies last week. Mark had four birdies, mm-hmm. and then but David both days. Uh, like, do you remember Dave Coscombe? Yeah, yeah, no, just saying you remember him. He had both days, he had four birdies, but he had yeah. less mistakes. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. So it's like we can all make the birdies. Yeah, yeah. And if you, you know, you're still, you don't want to be making bogeys, but if you're getting that four birdies around consistently, it does give you a little bit of room to just to still not make silly mistakes. To if you, if you're hitting in the, if you hit one in the trees, take your medicine. You may make a bogey, but you've got to allow for it. You know, and there was there was at no point I went for any sort of red light golf. If it was red or amber, I just didn't go for it. If you if you any of these courses you're playing at them distances, if you can hit many greens regularly as possible, you're not going to do much wrong. So keep me ball and play, hit greens. So talk us about what you mean there by the red and amber and, and, and the green. Yeah, the pin oh, that that's on pin positions basically. You know, you've got so uh, obviously red would be you know if you've got, if you've got to say a, a 190, 195 shot into a green, you've got a pin tucked behind a bunker. You know, with with five that's five yards on. You know, the your percentages of hitting that are pretty pretty low of hitting yeah. that shot to land it. So, um, so that to me would be a red flag. And amber one might be something where you've got green to work with, but there may be a hazard or something on that side. You know, a green light is obviously if the pin's middle of the green, nothing really around it. You're just going to go straight at it, and that would be your green light. Um, so, Where have you got so that, that, from? that? I'm sure that was my score. Is it? It had to have been. I'm sure. You I must have been asleep in that class. We must have been asleep in that one. That was absolutely a Maya score thing. Yeah. Red, uh, yeah. Uh, either red, amber, and, and green, and that was that was all it is. And I knew the length of the course. To be honest, that we, we, we had pin charts. I was looking more for the, the yardage to the middle of the green if I hit it happy days. That yeah. was that was it. If I if I could go around that course and hit 18 greens, you you're never shooting, you should shouldn't ever shoot over par. No, you know. No. And Definitely. so that was it. And, and that, that was just playing real safe golf. You know, if if I put myself in a, a bad position, there was a couple of times. One I made a par having to go out sideways, you know, but where there the may be that chance of a shot forward, but you've just got to take your medicine. You know, and play play sensible golf. Don't take risks. Don't take chances, and that and that sort. Of, that definitely was my head over my ability that got us through qualifying. Well, so you're getting to obviously the standard that you're at. When you're saying you're at plus two, you must have serious confidence. Hundred yards and in, that's what most players at that standard have. So yeah, that's you know, you've always got that chance to make par, haven't you? Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know how how much they look into stats with the sort of this level of tour, but. If you if you do look, the top half of the order of merit will all take the green, hit the ball the same. They'll all be great. It'll be the, the guys that are higher up are the ones that you're right, uh, 100 yards and in, dialed in, your yeah. wedges, your putting, and that's where it's all made. I know it's that, that cheesy little line of drive for sure, put for door. Yeah. It, generally totally sort of, it, genu- it genuinely it comes to it with, with this. Anyone that's dialed in with the wedges, 100 yards, in and will sit well on the tour. Yeah. So yeah, so so that's so it's all these little things which sort of I'm trying to get in place to be to be ready to go next year. So hopefully, because again, because if I don't sort of sit on it to to buy merit, take a card for 2022, you know, it's difficult to say at 33. Am I just going to go through it again? Go through qualifying, qualifying, same preparation, look for funding, 
you know, it's it's not an easy cycle. It you know to yeah, but at the same time, you shouldn't be putting like you you can do it next year. Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't be putting that much pressure on yourself to nope. be. This is me one and only shot. Like Eminem. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. You're right. It's again. I'm I'm. T- I will just take a tournament by tournament, but yeah. the best I can. And Steve Bainbridge is he's amazing. By the way, he's next European to play himself. He's really really well experienced. So yeah, I think I've got a good team around us with. Gavin, me management, Steve, me coach, you know, so there's a lot of work, Kev the Caddy. Yeah, so there's a lot of work certainly that I need to do, especially only being back sort of a year um, after taking a bit of time off. But I knew that again, that was if I got this, um, if I got through qualifying, then I've got some time to sort of put that right and hopefully make uh, make a few good appearances because the, the prize money's slightly better. It's getting better coverage through the media. So, yeah, you know, hopefully if I can sort of sit there and open some opportunities, and and it, it is there's still there's the goal of you know where do I want to go now, you know I've still got goals that I would like to play a better level of professional golf. You know, my 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 goal and life dream at the minute is to play one European tour event. That's one yeah. thing that I want. I'm very set on that. Very reachable as well, isn't it? Realistically, yeah, there's, there's still chances. There's like the the British Masters have local qualifying, you know. So all these things extra, which again the the cost next year that I want to be doing, um, and and that, and that is me. I me ultimate goal to to play one game, one round uh, on the. But like, what is it like? Two or three good rounds, and you're in the open. But yeah, it, it's literally it's literally that regional you know qualifying. I mean? Regional qualifying is not the scoring is never phenomenal. That gets to regional, no. it's fine. Final qualifying when there's a field of 120 tour pros with yeah. three spots, that's a tough school because you, again you've got all the European tour players that haven't qualified by merit. That's exactly where they're going to go to try and get there. It's pressure on them though, isn't it? So you just go relax, shoot the lights well, out through, aren't you? Yeah. Just, I mean. It is, you know, and it's been shown it can. It, it, that's exactly how it can can happen. James James Robinson, Chris Hansen have all getting into the the Open through through that route. Yeah, you know where there would have been the seasoned European Tour pros with real pressure that they've that they haven't qualified through through the tour and through their merits. So, yeah, so all these little things that there's elements like that where it does give actually less pressure because of the level we're going in from from Euro Pro and. It's interesting what you say there, Wayne, about age mm-hmm. as well, because we obviously we do our re- reviews of the golf yes. on our normal weekly podcast, um, and this this year alone you've got three fellas who've won. On the PGA Tour over forty, you've got Stuart Sink. Yeah, you've got Brian Gay, Martin yeah. Laird's thirty-seven, Garcia. I know obviously Garcia is another level major champion. Yeah, he's just won on the on the European Tour. Um, oh, what was his name? Yeah, he won at the. I can't think of his name. I know. I know yeah, you I feel, mean. You know. Yeah, he just just a couple of weeks ago he won. Um, oh, that's going to bug us now. I feel bad. I can't remember his name. But yeah, he, <laughs> again, he was. I mean, it, it was was thirteen years since his last win. Yeah, exactly. You know, so he's very much a season four, and I think that's it's one thing I've sort of got my head around in in terms of me playing golf. That if I conduct myself right now and maybe to, and do something, that I've still got a bit of time. Yeah, you know, it's it, you know I'm not a, by no means at the at the end of the line in terms of uh, playing golf because you look at it and the, the, I think it was that spell where you had your Spieths, your Justin Thomas, and all these coming through like nineteen twenty. Yeah, you know, and and it sort of give people the this perspective that golf was now becoming a young guy's game. And I think that maybe that was just a bit of a spell, but it's still not like that. You can still, if, if you get a good ability, I think you can still very much hold your own on a, on a main tour at, at late 30s to, to 40, definitely. And it, it just, as we've just said about the older winners, and then like what, like what mm-hmm. you've just said about the um, the wedges, hundred yards and in and stuff. That's not just mm-hmm. that level. That's from kids up to the European tour major stand, mm-hmm. major standards is. It's oh, not about the driver at all. It's not the like you said. The, they'll all have. They'll still have a pretty handsome average, but through yeah. through technology, it's uh, it'll be hard not to have a two ninety to three hundred average on your driver. You know, but golf technology is that good. Ball technology is that good. Yeah, you know, everyone's getting it out. Everyone on any of the tours are getting it out to that kind of them them kind of distances. So, it's so that's when it does just become down to the the shorter sticks. Yeah, and it's yep. interesting just going back what you said mm-hmm. there about Spieth and Thomas coming through mm-hmm. at that age. I, I, I've spoke about this in the past. It's they they get it a lot easier than the English lads and the British lads because 
They get a four-year free trial through college, pretty much, where they play against the top-level athletes through the American Scholarship Program. Whereas we've yes. got not, we've got not. Obviously, we've spoken about Myerscom, what we've got at a younger age from sixteen to eighteen, and then so yeah. on to college. But they're competing mm-hmm. against each other, and then they're going from college onto the Corn Ferry or the Web.com tour, as it went, and they're going yeah. through, they're going through it together. Where it seems over in the over on on in the European side, we're just handicapped as low as you can. Get get your cards, go and play, mm-hmm. and it seems every year. If you, I mean, I've never looked at it, but I imagine if you looked every year, there'd be a different group of lads having a go, mm-hmm. and then dropping off, and then having a go, and then dropping off. Yeah, there's no. And it'd be interesting to see. Says he just on that. Know what you're saying. Be interesting to see with a new handicap system. Handicaps are going to be colossally lower to be getting into into some major amateur tournaments and and stuff. Certainly the British amateurs. I remember when I, I when I got the plus one. I got balloted out for the British amateur. wasn't even wasn't anywhere near. And I think with this new handicap system, it's you, it's going to bring the score your, your handicap right down to qualify and get into the so certainly on that on the amateur ranks. Normally, even a plus two to turn pro and hold it, that's still it's not low enough. Yeah, you know, Chris Hansen, that was he plus four plus five. Yeah, I think when so. He, when yeah. He turned, yeah, he was he was silly low. And granted, he's he's got he's he's had a two card. He had two card for a few years in store, but that just shows how good they are. Again, speaking of someone being off plus five or plus two, yeah, Paul's a team pro four. So it just shows you hard work beats talent. Mm. That's what we said on this podcast. Uh, absolutely, hard hard work absolutely beats talent in that. And and you know, I've always learned over the years, and it took me a lot long time to accept sort of the way I swing the club. Very strong grip, short back swing. You know, and I had a, a, quite a few coaches and people telling us, you know, you lengthen your backswing, loosen your grip, sort of thing, and not really realizing that I would, I would have comfortably been able to get to it to the ability I'm at now with with how I swing it. Yeah, you know, and and that just comes down to hard work. Everyone swings the club different. Well, like, more... Look at Bubba Watson. Look at um, yeah. Jim Furyk, Matthew Wolf. It's yeah. Oh, Matt Wolf. He's he's everything I love about golf. Like yeah. it's just he's took what he's got and what he what works for him, and he's phenomenal with us. You know, perfected his craft, hasn't he? Well, even the Shambo's yeah. changed his set to suit the swing. Yeah. Doing all the same, all the same size irons yeah. and, and big fat grips and stuff. It, it it's whatever works mm-hmm. for you in it individual yeah. game. At the end of the day, and I know. What do you think of Bryson Wayne? What do you think of Bryson? I was yeah. just going to come to that. Like the, I know the US PGA hate that he won the US Open, yeah. but like in. And there was a couple of comments I'd seen that he's making a mockery of golf. Was that Matthew Fitzpatrick? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. What a foul comment. He's not really. He's played everything within the rules of golf. Um, you know, within the 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 you know the restrictions for in terms of driver lengths, lofts, and he's and he's made it work for him. I think in terms of physics, does it not make perfect sense for from for your irons to have one swing? You know, yeah. I think he's used basic physics in that sense to favour him. Then with his driver, you know, what is his driver four degrees or so? It's like yeah. silly low his driver. Yeah, you know, hit it on the hit it on the up at that swing speed. The, the ball's going to go further. You know, it yeah. just naturally will. So, well, like, like we've said there a few times, he's not winning every fucking week, is he? So it's no, not, like, not like he's not winning every week. He's he does. I think there's areas of the game he's got a massive advantage. Certainly with his distance, he's not winning every week. But I I just love how he's pushed the limits. Of what's there, and truthfully, I don't know why it hasn't been done before. Yeah, but, you know, we've all we've all learned the physics and the the technology behind the golf ball. They all know how how the club, you know, what generates distance. You know, your your ball speeds, your swing speed, your launch angles. So I'm surprised it hasn't actually been done before. Yeah, uh, Bryson's actually come out and done this and hitting four degree drivers on the up with was he over two hundred two hundred ball speeds? Ball and stuff. speed, yeah, he's trying two fifteen now, isn't he? 215. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I was laughing at Kev's video, but Kev was the Deschambeau swing. What was it 160? Kev, good effort though. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at Locke. I went, I just don't know where I'm getting an extra 40 mile an hour from in that. No, I'm, no I mean, I, I think I'm at about 165. 165 ball speeds, you know. Prove and, it then, prove it then. Well, it's one thing we're working on, Kev. Give us time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, but that's. 215, where's that 50 Where? mile an hour difference coming from? I know. Like, it's just not there. Like, so it is, it's obscene what he's doing, but you kind of knock him for it. And I think 
if people are going to complain, and certainly if the US PGA and you know, the RNA or whoever wants to complain about it, the only way to do that is to to put a if we, if you dec- had a limit on how on the loft of a driver, say eight and a half is the lowest you can loft yeah. a driver to, then that will reel that in. But he's he's doing it. Well, look, he's doing it at four degrees. It's not like so that four degrees mm-hmm. is there. Why doesn't if you can put it at no degrees? Like, mm-hmm. what does that do? Can you do that? Do you know what I mean? It's um, not like- well, it, it obviously it obviously just generates the optimum spin rates, yeah. launch angles, everything at that distance. I mean, there is actually no limit to how low you can. So I'd imagine at some point somebody has been ridiculous enough to try a zero degree loft driver, whether it's actually worked on. I mean, I would do. I think it has hit the deck six foot in front of us if I tried it. <laughs> I can't even if it's a ten point five degree driver. <laughs> <in the sky. laughs> Look, I was on eBay looking at them on them ladies flex twelve point fivers. So I do. I, I I love what he's doing with the game. I love I love those days. It's all well and good when you've when you've got the the the, the money to to probably ruin twenty sets of golf clubs to find your perfect yeah. one, like, but. But yeah, well, like, I, like you said, then Fitzpatrick come out and said something about Bryson. He's like, I could mm-hmm. go to the gym and I could do this and I could start hitting it hard. Go on then, you little toothpick. Do you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> do you know what it is? If it's join them, it's yeah. exactly yeah. Go on then. If you get, he he can do it. yeah. Fair enough. They probably can't generate the swing speeds Bryson is, not I don't know if that's a bit of a, a jealous a, a jealousy sort of streak in that. But that's the thing. You can do it. Go and do it. You know. Yeah. So and I think. To, to suggest changing the, the 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 ball technology and that sort of thing to to reel in the distances they're hitting the ball is ridiculous. Yeah, you know I think to do that. But the thing is, for now, I've always the golf technology is sort of maxed out. Given the restrictions they've got, it's it's as good as it can be. Yeah. Um. So there's it's only going to improve by doing what the likes of Bryson's doing. You know, yeah. to hit the ball yeah. straight, hit it straight, and like you said, it's not like he's running away. He's not doing like a Tiger in two thousand and one. You know. He's, no. He's not winning every tournament, you know. He's no. fair enough. He, he was it was a class performance in the U.S. Open for him to win, but he's not doing it week in week out. We said a couple of times you've still got to get the ball onto the green and get the ball in the hole. You do distance, like distance yeah. doesn't do that for no. you. you know it I mean? doesn't. You cut, distance isn't going to put the ball in the hole. And if then it, if, that, if, if that was the case, half the long drive tour could uh, just be sat on the PGA. Yeah, exactly. And then the week after, there was, I think it was three reachable par fours or two reachable par fours and a couple of reachable par fives in two, which were like drive a wedge yeah. sometimes with Bryson. And he was nine under first round. He's like, here we go again. And then he yeah. didn't end up winning. No. Yeah. I don't think he was. I think he come fit. Yeah. That's exactly. almost fifth or sixth or something. He didn't even, wasn't anywhere near. So it's like, get off his back. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. So it's in all, I, I love, I love what Bryson's doing. So, you know, and to be fair, if I can do it, I'd certainly join them in preparing yeah. for next year. But so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So yeah, so there's a few changes certainly in me body weight. Quite quite brutally, I've been asked to drop some some unwanted body fat. You know, get in the gym, improve my flexibility, and that that's going to help the work that that he's wanted. But I'm going to need to be doing off course to help me swing to hopefully improve what I'm doing on the course. So, well, that's it. Give us give yeah. us a bit of insight on that then, Wayne. So what is it that you're going to be doing then? Because obviously now we, we've built we've built the career up. We know where you're going and where yeah. you're heading for next year and what you're into. Yeah. So what work are you going to put into between now and that first tournament? Yeah, well, for me, Lisa, I'm, I'm currently fifth, just over 15 stone. I'm trying to drop to 13 and a half. Um, again, that's just going to be basically getting rid of any unwanted un- body fat that I'm carrying around. That's that's not benefiting us in any sort of way. Uh, a lot of work on me lower body core and flexibility because I've naturally I don't have a, like a real good natural flexibility. So I'm going to have to work hard for that, and yeah. that's going to get us the extra turn. And because I've always had, like I said before, I've got quite a short backswing. Um, what are you doing you know, with that so, yoga? Or are you doing like specific stretches or what? Pilates. Pilates, yeah. Yeah, well, pending uh, obviously getting getting out of this lockdown. <laughs> that was the plan. So, so again, like say we've had to sort of move it around a bit. So now I'll be focusing on my diet, getting rid of a bit of body fat, doing some Pilates and stretching stuff at home. Uh, it, just in the next four weeks before we can start working on the swing, and that's where you know where. There's a few swing changes that are going to rely on increased flexibility, which is right. going to allow me to sort of because I've got quite a strong grip and a short backswing, 
Um, I don't have the sort of full turn on play. I'm very up on a steep angle and then through the ball, I sort of, again, just hold it off because I've got a strong grip. If I release the way, you know, you look at your, your Adam Scott and stuff too, I'll be firing it left all day long. So, you know, in the, they're, they're things that Steve's wanting to work on and get changed because I've, the way I go through the ball, I've got about an inch either side of the ball that'll let me square it up before I'm hit the ball. Weirwoods, working on what I'm going to be doing with Steve and increasing my flexibility in these movements is going to allow us to stay square through the ball for longer. And that's that's uh, that's sort of one of the main things which is going to allow for consistency. It's exciting though, isn't it? Because obviously you're going to get to, you're going to get to a position, aren't you, where you're going to be swinging it like you've never swung it before if all that goes to plan, aren't you? Yeah, that, that's it. And I, I would, truthfully, I was really excited um, to for the prospect of sort of do working with Steve and and having a, a real winter program, um, you know, to work towards for for next year. So yeah, it's, yeah. So I've just got to do what I can in the off period. This lockdown. Truthfully, I was devastated as soon as it came out that it was gonna. I knew what would have to sort of sort yeah. of change things around in terms of preparation. So yeah, it's been there's a, that bit much you can actually one. do at home, but just by speaking to like your flexibility yeah. code, you can go on YouTube and find all sorts of flexible yeah. videos and all that. So as long as you're mm-hmm. staying active and keeping the mind active and not letting the that's lockdown it. get to you, swing a few balls in the back garden or whatever. Yeah, it, you, yeah. yeah that's it. So. It is them sort of things and where we just need to be a little bit mentally strong through this period because what every everyone's going through it. Every guy that's going to be teeing it up next year wants to be out there now hitting balls, yeah. wants to be making changes that they want to do, you know. And and I think I was I was excited because when I had my first sort of consultation session with Steve, uh, he he sort of talked about the changes he wanted to make and the benefits that would be to me. And I always knew when I was when I'm not swinging it well, it's always because of me timing, because of this strong grip. I have a tendency to me bad shot being left. And some of the movements that he's wanting to do to get us squarer for longer through the ball, you know, I was I was thinking, well, that 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 works well. And, and then if you know, and that's the thing. And if there's days I'm not swinging it off, not swinging it well, bit of an off day. It's still going forward, yeah. Because um, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, but you know what it is. It could, it, it could be like forever. Like I was even thinking about it myself about just getting a wedge mm. and going to the park like I used to and just flicking a few fifty eight. I'll stuff. be doing that absolutely. You I'll, I'll mean, be yeah, finding the like, longest. It's sort of back to basics, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure I can get a wedge up a football field. What's a football field? I, mean, I remember not being able to get driver over the football field. They would be scared to be a football field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably probably be pushed to be getting driver. I'm sure there's a few fields that can get a um, get a few get me wedges get me wedges up. But yeah, as you say, but then that style and you if you got if you football yeah. a football goal, you have got a hundred yards there, and you just flick a few yeah. fifty eight. So I will do that. I'll get me bush and I'll stick a few poles, cones, whatever I've got at, at certain yardages and hit it. You know. We'll be doing what we can, but that's the thing. It's You're probably going to be on the news now, aren't you? Getting arrested for being, for being outside. <laughs> <laughs> I've always will do, I. But uh, I've seen this PT still doing personal training one to ones outside. I don't know how they're getting away with that. I don't know if yeah. just pushing pushing boundaries or treading a thin line to do it. But um, Steve's been great and sort of work these sort of speaking to a few people because the Euro Pro become it's professional sport. You know, it's it's a it's one of the the, the main tours. Uh, yeah. So, as far as I see, we should be able to practice. Yeah, definitely. You know, we, should be able, we should be able to have access to some facility, which the worst of the working on at that. Um, but for now, I can only control the controllable, really, um, which is that's a good mindset to have as well, especially when going yeah. into other like that's a good mindset to take forward as well. Like, yeah, playing a golf tournament, it's raining, it's mm-hmm. windy. You can't control yeah. that. That was the thing. It was like in match play. That was always my always my weak point in match players because not accepting you can only control you hitting your ball. It's not a game of tennis where you can you're hitting back to your opponent. You know, yeah. it's you can only control what you do. And and I used to spend more time in match play rather than me focusing on hitting good shots. I'd be spending more time willing me partner to hit bad ones. You know, well, there's nothing worse in match plays when you put it to ten foot. You, you, whoever you're playing against misses the green. They chip yeah. in, and then you miss the putt. But you've already give yourself the hole in your head. Yeah, you have, and that's hundred percent. That's it. And so you've got to, you've just got to work around these things. Momentum so. shifter, they're called, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
It's been great, mate. Great, great journey, great yeah, story. It's been great catching up with us and finding on. So, you know, one more thing I want to touch on there. You on. mentioned um, that you you fell out of love with the game of golf, almost yes. like a divorce. Yes. You know what I mean? So obviously the game of golf knew that you were there and you were with it. I fell out of love with the game of golf, but it was like me falling out with someone that I fancy that I've never even spoke to. Do you know what I mean? The <laughs> <laughs> best way I can explain me getting back into golf, it is, it was like you had this girlfriend when you were 13 and you loved her unconditionally for 10 years and then you just sort of fell apart and it wasn't working and you just had a, a breakup. And that's what it was for me. It was like a breakup with this thing that I just loved so much. And then getting back into golf was, it was like, it was it's almost like putting me tail between my legs and telling me ex-partner, I still love you. Yeah, but mine's the same. But mine was sort of the same yeah. as that. But the, like my girl never knew I ever who I was or existed. That was just sort of looking at it across that's, the playground. That's it, we're finished. I want to see that clip on Instagram, that by the way, Kev. It will be, be the first. Watching from afar. 100%. In fantastic. We're going to put a picture of me with binoculars in the bushes with golf up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, Kev. No, so you see, yeah, and that's what it was. And now I've sort of kissed and made up with it. And that's so it's put us on. So I'm excited for next year. I'm it's a lot hard work. Yeah, good to see you back, mate. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and fingers crossed the next podcast we'll do will be on the back of a, a W or some, some good news with, with going forward. Yeah, well, we've well, got a couple of people that are going to like play this, this season and then we're gonna, yeah. we've, you're coming on as soon as this season's ended. So yeah. that's the thing, let's see how you've got on, do you know what I mean? Nah, I love what you guys are doing, it's great work, so keep it, keep it up, it's good fun. No, it's great to have you on, and we'll definitely have you back on, mate, 100%, and good luck. Brilliant, for you. I appreciate it, man. Sounds like you're putting the work in, mate, and we appreciate you, appreciate you coming on and telling us your, yeah, your story and your man. journey. No good worries. Man. All right. All right, take care, Wayne. See ya. See you later, brother. Cheers, mate. Sure.